Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. What is up, my people? Three and out podcast. That's this little thing you're listening to. I'm John Middlecoff. It's a guy talking into this microphone that you are listening to. And we're off and running. It's August 2nd. Football pads are coming on. If you're listening to this Tuesday, I'm at Niner practice. The pads are popping. Talk to a buddy on the Chiefs. They're like padding up tomorrow. I think all these teams in the league despite it feels like they've practiced for a week, have not put on pads until Tuesday, Wednesday. So we're uh, football is actually happening. And a lot going on. The Colts, we're going to dive deep into that situation off the top. Wentz, Nick Foles kind of, you know, throwing it out there, come get me. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, some thoughts on the rookie quarterbacks. We know Trevor Lawrence. We know Zach Wilson, the Jets, is their starting quarterback. Trey Lance has been the star of the first week. Justin Fields, Lewis Riddick had a tweet that I'll get into. Um, I have some takes on rookie quarterbacks and why you should not hesitate to just play them from the jump. Just a couple other little things that I've seen. Big picture stuff from camps. And then I'm just going to fly around the league. Uh, From Justin Herbert to CeeDee Lamb to the Bills saying they're going to Austin, Texas. Home of the new SEC Texas Longhorns. I don't know if you saw, but Clemson and Florida State at least based on Twitter, asked to come into the SEC. Who wouldn't want to go to the SEC? You know, could they take... Uh, the Atlanta Falcons feel like they'd be a good SEC team. I don't even know if they'd win it. I don't know if they'd win it. Uh, but we will dive deep into camps. Appreciate everyone that subscribed to my podcast. I know if you listen through Collins Pod, 
Subscribe through my pod. If you left a review on the Three and Out podcast from the separate feed, I appreciate you doing that if you have. And if you haven't and you like the show, please do that. Uh, also, Middle Cough Mailbag. It's what we do at the end of the show. Answer your questions. It's like the modern day phone calls. But we do Instagram. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram. Direct messages, wide open. Fire in there. Get your question answered on the show. And uh, you guys know how we roll. Chris Ballard, Frank Reich, run the Colts. They officially have a disaster on their hand. As I'm sure many of you saw, Carson Wentz will get surgery on his foot. Feels like his 10th injury of his NFL career. And is out. You gotta love the timeline. Five weeks or could be 12 weeks. There's a big difference between five weeks, which would be, you know, basically potentially week one or week two, or 12 weeks, which is week seven or week eight. That's a huge timetable. Like, come on. Why why are we even giving out timetables? Just say he's out indefinitely. And we will update you on his progress. Like the five weeks, that's a joke. That's not happening. And listen, I've hammered home for years on this show that unlike every other big business, when you acquire anything, a restaurant, an accounting firm, Facebook, when they acquired Instagram, you have a black and white idea of this is how much revenue they take in. This is what their expenses are. This is what the projected revenue is going to be. These are the last five years of the books. Like you have empirical data. You have hard evidence, right? Now, you have to project in business just like you do with football players. Once upon a time, Blockbuster turned out buying Netflix. I heard, listened to a podcast one time with the guy that started Netflix. He's like, I went in, we, off, we said we threw up the number $40 million, which was a lot of money at the time, and they laughed us out of the room. Bad decision. But they could see Netflix books. Like, they saw what was going on. Now, you had to see the future a little bit. The hard part about pro sports, but specifically football, is your 50, 100, $150 million investments are not in buildings, are not in companies. They're in one individual. And I'll never forget being a part of these meetings when I worked in the NFL going over injury history. And, you know, a guy could have three concussions. A guy could have two torn ACLs. And you'd be like, you know, I wouldn't touch him. And then he'd go on for like three or four more years and have no issue. A guy that's never had an issue. A guy that's never had a concussion. All of a sudden, you sign him. He has two concussions in a season. Misses basically, let's say, 12 games. You have no clue. You take constant educated guesses because you are investing in human beings. Now, Carson Wentz, when the Colts acquired him, had major red flags, right? He had been injured in college. He had been injured in the pros. That alone was his own red flag. Last year, his play was a red flag. He was god-awful. And then there were questions about him within the locker room. Part of the reason a guy who has had MVP-type season in the league at quarterback, and he went number two overall, was basically had for a third and a second round pick. We saw Matt Stafford go for two ones and a three. right? We saw Trey Lance go for pick 12 and two other ones. Quarterbacks are typically really expensive, yet Carson Wentz was not. And you had to take back all of his money. I was driving around today. I heard Pat McAfee say the Colts had to pay him $55 million. I looked at his contract today. You know, their dead cap on the Colts book, obviously you wouldn't cut him, but $47 million. Paying him $20 million actual cash this year. Next year, $27 million cash. $20 million dead cap. So they're stuck with him for a couple years. 
A big reason the Eagles wanted to get rid of him. They didn't want to pay him any more cash. You take this, right? And the, the Colts made an educated, you know, guess slash risk. They knew what they were taking in. There was a lot of evidence. But if I wanted to defend Chris Ballard, I'd go the last two seasons, two years ago, Carson Wentz played all 16 games. And then he got that concussion in the playoff game against Seattle and Philly. And last year, while he got benched late in the season, he was healthy. He was playing the old season. He got benched because of his poor play. You just never know. It is it just, it, honestly, the thing that I miss the least from standing on the sideline in a team-issued gear, being part of the group, because you do miss things, right? You miss part of being in the trenches with a lot of people. The players, the coaches, the scouts, a city. It's a cool experience. I think the by far the worst part, and I don't know how these GMs and coaches become so numb to this, are the injuries. You could just be at practice if you're Chris Ballard and Frank. I don't even know if Frank was at that practice yet because he was on the corona list. And all of a sudden, you look, and your quarterback, he didn't get hit. No one touched him. He just starts kind of limping off. Then you find out a couple hours later, his foot's all messed up. And then a couple days later, he's going to be out 5 to 12 weeks. It sucks. Like you could say they knew this was coming. Yeah, but I'd say the last couple of years, he's been healthy. His problem had been poor play. You were just hoping to fix his poor play. And then the question is moving forward, what the hell do you do? I, I text with uh, someone on the Chiefs, who, and clearly they're the favorite to win the division, or excuse me, the conference, right? Most people are going to pick them to win the AFC, and rightfully so. They've won it the last two years. More than likely, they'll win it again. He's like, he felt bad. You know, he's like, that roster is loaded because they are. Chris Ballard is really, really good at his job. But I, I talked to Colin on his podcast, and it was like, you know, when you don't have a quarterback, you're always chasing the quarterback no matter how good your roster is. So what do you do? Because you don't really realize until Carson goes down, it's not like they had a backup plan. Nick Foles. And I don't think you can do that. Because the ghost of Nick Foles, like the, the Colts can't cut Nick or Carson Wentz for two years. He's going to be on the roster this year and next year. Nick Foles does make the most football sense on the field. Knows Frank, knows the offense. They've worked together before. They've had success. Nick Foles talked today with the Bears. Reiterated that. Was basically like, come get me, guys. I'm with the third stringers now, and I'm dicing up all these undrafted free agents. But you can't. Because Carson Wentz's career has been defined by the ghost of Nick Foles. And let's face it. I don't know. They maybe professionally respect each other. There is a there is an elephant in the room of tension with those two guys. And mainly Carson toward Nick. Because Nick is the hero of Philadelphia. Nick is the Super Bowl MVP. Nick was the guy who became a legend in that game when Carson was in street clothes. You don't shake that. And now Carson was given this opportunity, in theory, to resurrect his career with this stacked team. And if you're Chris Ballard... Carson Wentz, if he was out for the season, I wouldn't worry about it. I'd go get Nick Foles. But Carson's going to come back. And if you bring Nick Foles in, as multiple people that I texted with today in the league, he'd be over. Mentally, he'd be shot. You just can't do that to him. So that is not an option. Jimmy Garoppolo makes way too much money. You you can't have multiple guys making 20 plus million dollars. They don't even have the cap space. Marcus Mariota doesn't make that much money. You would You would have to be intrigued there right? The problem is, I don't know about the scheme turnover in terms of the terminology. Could you get them up to speed? I had a person just say, I would just try to get through the first four or five games 
with Eason, and hopefully your defense and your offense is productive enough that you're able to, you know, be like three and two, you know, maybe be four and two till Carson comes back. Five hundred, you know, three and three. But that's best case scenario. It, it really is. And I, I, I feel bad for Chris Ballard. Now you could argue this was this is part of Carson Wentz the package, but there's just nothing you can do in the business of football to ever know when a guy just starts limping by himself, right? You're like, what just happened? All of a sudden, a ligament rips, a bone breaks, uh, you know, an elbow goes, a shoulder muscle shot. (laughs) You just you're in the human business. It's the greatest unknown. It's it's why pro sports have always been and will continue to be the greatest reality show in the history of life. And there's a lot of money on the line. Clearly, with a guy like Carson Wentz, the Colts have invested now a lot of money into him. But you just just potentially derails their season. Let's talk rookie quarterbacks and the growing buzz about potentially two more rookie starters. We know Trevor Lawrence will be the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, he was going to start for whoever he was drafted by two years ago, right? He's the best prospect since Andrew Luck. The Jets trade Sam Darnold, draft Zach Wilson. He's the starter. Then you have two wild cards with Cam Newton's clearly going to be the starter, I think, for New England. All reports. I, I saw Albert Breer wrote, he's been way better. Mac Jones is not starting week one. But I got two other guys, to me, that are clearly now in the mix. Justin Fields and Trey Lance. Now, I can speak for Trey Lance. I'm sure if you've been following the internet, he's been killing it at practice. I'll be there the next couple days. Hopefully, he keeps killing it. Justin Fields, who Lewis Riddick tweeted that from what he had heard, he is blowing people away. I haven't talked with anyone within the Bears since camp started, but talking to them in OTAs, they were really, really impressed. I'm not talking about his physical attributes, which are eye-opening. I'm talking about the mental preparation, the understanding of the offense, all that that entails. And let's face it, I have a simple philosophy, and I've been banging the table on this for years. If you draft a guy high in the draft, a.k.a. the top 15, the first round, but definitely in the top 10, and I would include Justin Fields in that, I would start him immediately. What the hell are you waiting for? Now, I come from the philosophy, just a state school guy from Cal Poly. For you NFL fans, Chris Gokong, Ramsey's Barton, no big deal. Third round picks. Didn't quite live up to the expectations. Really good college players. We learn by doing. And I, I can speak for myself. Academia let me down just based on the fact, like, I, I'm not great at just reading a book, memorizing it, and then repeating it to a test. That, that's not how I operate. That's not how I learn. Throw me into the trenches of society, of life, whatever I'm doing. That's how I learn. When I played high school football, like in the meeting room, I, I just get bored. I get distracted. School and football, let's rep it out. I learn through live reps, whether that's in the business community, whether that was in sports. That's how I do my best work. And listen, I know everyone's a little bit differently, but I think we have a long list now of evidence that the game clearly in like when I was a kid, in the 80s, the 90s, it was a different world. You had to prepare yourself physically for a war. You could get killed. Reading, aka listening, to the Steve Young book, Joe Montana used to get his back literally broken on the field. Quarterbacks were in the line of fire 
it was violent and you could get injured. Now they can't be touched. Literally in practice and also kind of in the games. And the game, the translation of what they were doing in college is now so prevalent in the pros. We have seen the list of guys. Lamar Jackson got to play. Now, he didn't start from day one. They should have. But he played that rookie season. By year two, he was winning the MVP. Josh Allen, who had a lot to learn, threw him in week one, season one. By year two, he's leading the team to the playoffs. By year three, he's an MVP candidate. You'd be like, what about Patrick Mahomes? That's an outlier situation. If you have Alex Smith in your team and you're going to win a division, then yeah, you have some time on your hands. Most teams don't. Andy Dalton, not Alex Smith. Jimmy Garoppolo, not Alex Smith. Throw the guy into the fire. Let him learn. He is protected literally by the league. The defenders can't really hit him. The defenders can't really hit your wide receivers. So guys are more open. Do you still need to throw guys open in the NFL? Of course you do. But it's not quite 1992. Steve Atwater is not going to give you a concussion over the middle. He's not allowed to. Steve Atwater, obviously, not in the league. But you know what I'm saying. The Cam Chancellor days are over. They do not exist. Here's the other thing. The greatest attribute a rookie quarterback has, the best one, is his contract. Obviously, if he's good. He's cheap, right? His contract make five, six, seven million dollars instead of 40. So it it skews your cap to, to be advantageous to sign other players. When you can't think about Justin Herbert, how much better off the Chargers are that he got thrown into the deep end last year. I, I'm gonna pick him to make the playoffs, I think. But having that contract on your side, obviously once the season starts his rookie year, your team is set. You've already spent the money. But what about year two? When you have the full confidence go, we got a guy, we got a big-time talent, and we have the ability to make a run. Let's load up. It's easy to say that, but if you don't truly believe it, you're like, you know, are we really going to be wasting this money? When you get a guy, when you get Josh Allen, when you get Lamar Jackson, when you get with the Chargers, with Justin Herbert, you put all your chips in the middle of the table, and you are literally thinking, walking around the building, we got a chance to beat anybody. We do. So every single game, that Andy Dalton or Jimmy Garoppolo plays, to me, is a waste. It it, it really is. And I I just think, look at recent evidence. All the guys that played early had success so much earlier because of their ability to play. Because of their ability to learn on the field. You can only learn. These practices are a joke. No one is getting touched. I mean, it's, it's it's kind of honestly... Just, you know, knowing some people in the NFL, it's like a, it's a laughing stock in the league, like what these practices are, what they used to be. And I'm not trying to be old man river and, and act like things don't naturally need to progress, but it's hard to get better at football when you don't allow tackling or hitting, right? It, the huge reason tackling is so poor early in the season because you don't tackle it all. And then the preseason games, no one plays. But my philosophy uh, would 100% be if I have a rookie quarterback, one, Clearly, if he's swimming over his head, doesn't know what's going on, I'm not saying just throw out a guy that the, the teammates are like, what is going on? But what do they say in baseball? Tie goes the runner. If it is tied, Justin Fields, Andy Dalton, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry, Jimmy. Take the bench. Grab some pine meat. Put on a hat and grab a clipboard. Coach him up because you are no longer the starter. And if the guy's better, which 
Do you know what my gut's going to say about Trey Lance and Justin Fields once the preseason games start? It's your mom, my mom, will be like, what are we doing here, guys? Do you see that throw? You see that ability to run? (laughs) What are we wasting our time? And every game that you go by is a waste of time. Start the rookie quarterback. That's why you drafted him. The Niners traded pick 12, two first-rounders. The Bears traded from pick 20 to pick 12 and a first-round pick. You've invested all this. Let the guy sink or swim. And yeah, you might hit some, you know, some road bumps, have a little adversity. Do you know what that does? It helps you out. What do uh, smart people say? You don't ever fail. You just learn. So if you throw a bad pick week one, guess what? Maybe you don't do that week three. Maybe you don't do that week five. You definitely, year two, you, you are so much better equipped to handle everything that's coming. Start your star rookie quarterback. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built 
the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know, one thing that I don't know gets hammered home enough in August, it's really... You know, the best part of the NFL season are the NFL games. There's nothing like being a little hungover on a Sunday morning, getting out of bed, ordering yourself a breakfast burrito, at least for us on the West Coast. For you guys on the East Coast, you got a little more time. Hell, you can go get like play 18 in the morning on Sunday. For those of us on the West Coast, you know, if you've had a long night out on a Saturday, uh, you roll out of bed and football's on. You, you, you grab yourself some food and you don't do anything from basically 10 a.m., Till Al and Chris sign off at night. It's it's a great day. I, I love Sundays in the fall. But the best part about training camp, like the problem once the games start, if you're a fan of a team, if you're a coach on a team, if you're a player on a team, what happens if your team sucks? What if you start losing a lot of games? For as fun as football is winning, and having never played in the NFL, uh, my stint, I got to be a part of a playoff team that won a division, And my third year, I was a part of a team that fired a coach. I'll tell you this, being a part of a playoff team is infinitely better than being part of a team that is not any good, right? And that's players, coaches, fans. We're kind of all in this together. I would say the only thing, sometimes people ask, like, is there anything you miss? I'm like, well, the one thing you truly miss that I I don't really have now is the true camaraderie. I can't camaraderie of the group, right? When you're a scout or a coach, you're so close knit with that group and the players. And really you represent the city. So, you know, when I was part of the Eagles, I mean, it's it's a big deal, you know, obviously with everyone in the building, but what you mean to the city, I'm born and raised a Niner guy. Like the Niners mean a lot. (laughs) I mean, they are a freaking big deal to a lot of people. Obviously, Kyle, John, you know, to to the players, it means a lot. But then just to the millions upon millions of people that live in Northern California, right? And it, it can say the same thing for Seattle, for the Giants, for the Cowboys, for the Packers, for the Steelers, for the Vikings, for the Bears. It's a big deal. And I, I don't really have that. I'm, you know, I, I get to be a business partner with Colin Coward. It's cool. I get to spit some takes into a mic. But it's not like, you know, you walk into the building every day and just feel like, God, there's a lot of people just invested into this. It's a powerful thing. And when you're winning, it's awesome. There is nothing like Sunday after a win, Monday morning going in, you know, off a team. Like if you just won a big game, it's awesome. But for as great as that is, there's nothing worse. College football too. I mean, it was like this when I was at Fresno State, going into the office after a loss. The only, you know, corporate office I've ever been beside football was in radio, and it was never that up and down. Like, it was tangible in football on Monday, whether you won or lost. The best part about training camp is every team is 0-0. 
no one has lost a game. And every franchise, whether you're the Jets or the Jags or the Chiefs or the Bucks, you have optimistic and beliefs that your team is going to be good, right? Obviously, the playoff teams are pretty cocky and arrogant in a good way, thinking like, we're going to be really good. We're going to win 13, 14 games, and we're going to be a mother in the playoffs. And if you're the Jets or the Jags, you go, I promise you this, we ain't going to be drafting the top five. We might not be a playoff team, but our goal is to get around 500. And we're going to be good. And we're going to show some optimism with a young quarterback. So in a year, everyone's going to be like, this is a potential playoff team. And that's how everyone around the league is thinking at some different level. And that part is cool. Now, obviously, the worst part of training camp by far are the injuries. Anytime you have a serious injury, like that Carson Wentz injury for the Colts sucks. Anytime a guy gets carted off practice, once these preseason games happen, anytime a guy gets seriously injured in a preseason game, it's the worst. But other than that, preseason is pretty fun. You're kind of feeling out your team, seeing the growth of all the guys. It's a cool time. The other thing, and I I follow a lot of uh, teams, I'm sure most people do, on social media. And when you follow a lot of teams on Twitter, like if I get up early in the morning, you know, between like six or seven, a lot of teams on the other side of the country are either just practice or going to practice. And a lot of their coaches talk before practice. So I just end up running, oh, Matt Rule's talking. You know, follow the Panthers. Oh, Matt LaFleur's talking. Oh, Mike McCarthy's talking. Mike Zimmer's talking. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for a coach press conference. And this much is clear in the NBA. I don't know if you saw today. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, who has a torn ACL and is probably going to miss the entire season, declined $37 million from the Clippers. He plans on signing a $200 million deal. A couple years ago, Kevin Durant, <laughs> he tore his Achilles, declined the Warriors' $250 million offer. The NBA coaches never, ever say a terse word about a, about a good player, let alone a star. In baseball, the managers, beside maybe like a Tony La Russa or a Tito Francona, who actually I think just left the team because he's sick, get well Tito, big Tito fan. Gabe Kapler makes like 800 grand. I don't think there's a guy on the Giants who makes less than Gabe Kapler. The days of Bruce Bochy and Tommy Lasorda swinging a big stick like Bill Parcells are over in the sport of baseball. They Baseball managers... Well, in the NBA, the players are in charge. In baseball, the general managers run the sport. In football, when you watch these coaches' conference, coaches are have all the juice. And they can say whatever they want about a good, middle-of-the-road, bad player. What they say matters. And everyone in that building knows that guy has all the juice. Because once the season starts, and really it started right now, guys know you better be locked in. Because if the head man is mad at me, I got issues. If the head coach is down on me, my job is on the line. And that is just not the case in the other two sports. And it hasn't been in the NBA for a long time, but baseball, I have seen a dramatic shift. And anyone that follows the sport closely, like general managers are in complete control. There's a reason GMs are making three, four, five million dollars and coaches making 750 grand. Aaron Boone is the manager of the New York Yankees, makes a million dollars. A million dollars. Bruce Bochy, who just retired a couple years ago, was making like six. A million dollars? That's like what Belichick makes a month. Think about that. If Belichick makes $12 million, makes that a month. Joe Judge last year signed for like $7.5 million a year. So, and listen, money does give you some juice when you pay these coaches a lot of money. And listen, football's clearly a little different than these other sports, but 
the coach is just in complete control. Let's face it, the NFL, by a mile, is the healthiest of all the sports. I actually think the baseball season has been fantastic. Uh, obviously, the Giants are playing well. But just over, I was watching some of the Rays-Red Sox. What an incredible series. It's. I think the Tampa Bay Rays, quick tangent, I tweeted this out on Friday. I was having a couple pops. They, they were on TV, and they were just going toe-to-toe with the Red Sox. And it hit me. I was like, there can't be a better pound-for-pound organization in all of sports, including the NFL, than the race. Because in the NFL, as we saw, every team got $300 million last year. In baseball, the Rays are spending $75 million. The Red Sox and the Yankees have hundreds of millions of dollars to spend on players. The other thing is the Rays turn over players, one, and turn over the GMs. Their GMs get jobs. Doesn't matter. They just keep on kicking ass. I have nothing but respect for the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay right now, kind of on top of the world. The Rays kicking the Red Sox and Yankees' ass. The Rays have owned the Yankees now for a while. Tampa Bay, the football team, Super Bowl champs. The Lightning, NHL champs. Uh, I saw Florida State. They want in. I don't don't know if uh, Tallahassee's by Tampa Bay. I don't know why I just connected those two, but let's. Why don't I? Tampa. uh, The 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 Florida State Seminoles want in on the ACC. So good times for uh, for the Tampa Bay region. Again, have no clue if Florida State is remotely close. I've only been to Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Actually went to Jacksonville, too, on a scouting trip. Uh, The Jacksonville Stadium sucks. Okay, let's fire around the league. Just some things that are going on. Things that I've seen on the social media streams. Things that I've seen in my text messages. Just try to text, keep, keep my ear to the streets. First and foremost, Justin Herbert. He's had several passes go viral. Uh, anyone that watched him play last year, I, I think we all agree his talent is immense. Talk to Coward about this. I think when you go back and you look at Oregon, two things works against him. One, Marcus Mariota. Mariota, similar personality, wasn't the loudest guy in the room. Was actually, you know, I think people in the league viewed him closer to introverted than like some extroverted leader. I think Herbert had some of those characteristics. And then Mariota never lived up to the hype. The difference is Justin Herbert and Mariota didn't have much in common. Besides, they're both tall. Herbert has a way better arm. He's just as fast. He's physically much thicker. Way better prospect. Here's the other thing. Mariota played with much better players when he played at Oregon. Justin Herbert did not play with good skill guys. I don't think they had a drafted wide receiver. Oregon's always had good tight ends. I can't name one freaking tight end. Here's the other thing. Since I was a kid... Oregon has had big-time running backs. Remember the Wizenator, Ontario Smith, Sacramento Grand High School? Up until Chip Kelly, they were always pumped, Jonathan Stewart, pumping out ballers in the backfield. Kenyon Barner, LaMichael James. Now, were they great NFL players? Hit or miss, but they were legit players in college. Herbert didn't have a good running back. He did questionable tight ends and no dynamic wide receivers. So he really got nitpicked. And then Tua, who clearly Justin Herbert is more gifted than Tua, Tua got to play with Waddle, with Devontae, with Judy, and with uh, with Riggs. And with good tight ends, and with Najee Harris. So it's just, it's not really comparable looking back. If you could do the draft over, I think there is legitimate, or at least there will be, and the, as this season plays out, the Justin Herbert should have even gone first overall. Now, it would have been crazy because Joe Burrow was so damn good in college. I think Joe Burrow is going to be good in the pros, but I think Justin Herbert has a ceiling that's higher than, than Joe Burrow. CeeDee Lamb, he was awesome last year. 
I think there's a chance when the season ends, we go back or maybe two or three years and go, how is CeeDee Lamb not a top five pick? I think when the dust settles, he is going to be the best wide receiver in his class. And that's saying something because that class was legit. Justin Jefferson, rookie star, going to be a really good player. Brandon Ayuk, really good player. Jerry Judy, really good player. Higgins, really good player. I mean, a ton of wide receivers. It was known as one of the best wide receiver drafts of all time when the draft happened, let alone we saw the guys as rookie. They're all good. I, I, I think when the dust settles and in a several years we look back and CeeDee Lamb, I get it. He's destroying Cowboys DBs that aren't very good, but I, I think he would destroy any DB. He has, he reminds me when I see clips of DeAndre Hopkins, as he should with everyone. He is an incredible jump ball player. His contested catchability is probably second to none right now in the league with with Hopkins. Uh, Devontae Smith, the Eagles first round pick, Heisman Trophy winner. Not ideal. Sprained his knee. Now, I mean, there's nothing you can do. Some some of this stuff's random. It's kind of crazy. He's been pretty consistently healthy at Alabama. And then he gets to the Eagles, he gets hurt, but nothing you can do. Uh, doesn't seem to be too bad, but more than likely, he's going to miss a huge chunk of training camp, if not all of training camp. Because if it's potentially two to three weeks, well, in three weeks, you're already in late August. I think you're kind of easing him in to get ready for week one. So that's, that's a pretty big blow. I saw Vic Fangio head coach of the Denver Broncos, said his quarterback race for who's going to be the starting quarterback is even Steven. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. What I would do, like we've seen Teddy Bridgewater. You're not winning anything with Teddy Bridgewater. If it's even Steven, just go with Drew Locke. Hopefully his higher ceiling, his ability to make more plays downfield just gives you a better chance to win. Because I just, like, I'm sorry, Teddy Bridgewater's a backup. A good backup. A guy I'd want to pay five, six, seven million dollars to back my star quarterback up, but he's not a starting quarterback. Now, Drew Locke might not be either, but at least there's more unknown with Drew Locke, more physical talent in that body. And let's face it, the Broncos have some talent. I mean, Judy, Fant, they get Sutton back. They have good running backs. Their offensive line's pretty good. They get Vaughn Miller back. I saw Bradley Chubbs is back to practice. I mean, they might have a good pass rush. If you just get some you know, explosive quarterback play. Who knows? Uh, Hollywood Brown. I saw Harbaugh say that his hamstring injury is much worse than first anticipated, which is a problem for a speed guy. Now, on the bright side, Sammy Watkins, from what I've read and maybe heard, has been excellent for their team. Problem with Sammy, as we know, you can't really depend on because he gets hurt. I think they had high hopes for Hollywood Brown. Uh, They bring in T. Martin. They bring in my guy, Keith Williams, who is the best wide receiver coach I've ever been around. Their wide receiver is going to be coached up. But they they have Bateman, uh, the kid they drafted from Minnesota. I saw Marcus Peters was saying he looks pretty good in practice. So that should be exciting if they can get healthy. Their their passing game, obviously Mark Andrews, you know, is probably a top five tight end in the league. So it, it should be, in theory, a much more explosive passing game. This one made me laugh because I went through it when the Raiders were moving. And clearly, whenever you're having, you know, problems with your with your stadium situation and you're battling for money, you're battling for real estate, you're dealing with politicians. And let's face it, being dealing with politicians is a pain in the ass, regardless of what side you fall on. That, that's not even debatable. But 
the Bills, who are owned by a family that are worth a lot of money. I don't blame an owner. If I owned a team and was worth $100 billion, I had unlimited money, wouldn't I still try to get the city to chip in a little bit? Wait, you're saying I don't have to put an extra $500 million or an extra billion? I can get the city to do that? Like, of course. You know, would you rather spend a million dollars on a home or put down 200 grand and have the bank give you 800 grand? We do that all the time. Now, what if someone, instead of you having to service the debt, someone else would or split the debt with you? Do you think you'd be like, no, I'll just, I'll just service the debt. Or actually, you know, the city will service the debt, but you get to own the house. Of course you would. Just business one-on-one. The media gets so up in arms. How could you do this? Because that's how you do every business. You ask for the moon and you just see what you can get. Now, this is what I red flag. Because the Raiders used to do this with San Antonio. There is not going to be another team in Texas. There is the Dallas Cowboys, which, listen, I know they don't win a lot, but they're the biggest brand in the league. And the Houston Texans, Houston's like a top five city in America. They already have two teams in the state. They are not, Jerry is never allowing another team. Now, Jerry is a business whore. He helps out the league because he's a great partner. He will let them float that out and not fight it back. There is no team, no NFL team is ever moving to Austin. I promise you that. The Cowboys and the Texans, they would never allow that. It is never, ever happening. So are the Bills threatening? Yeah, because they're trying to get stuff. Now, could they move? Maybe there are other destinations. I promise you, they are not ever moving to Austin, Texas. Neither is any other team. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, 
or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, let's go Middlecoff Mailbag. Instagram, at John Middlecoff. You fire in those DMs like some of you guys did right here, and you get your question answered. Very easy, very straightforward. Love the pod. Which potential wildcard teams do you think have the highest ruin someone season chance? I'm a Charger fan, and I know it's early, but I feel like if the team can build chemistry, and Staley can even just be semi, live up to the expectations, we could ruin someone's season. I know a Super Bowl run is unlikely, but I'd like to show that we're legit. Yeah, I think I think the Chargers are definitely a team that can make the playoffs. I think the Minnesota Vikings, if their defense can just get back to somewhat of what they have been in the past, can compete to make the playoffs. I would say those are two teams that did not make the playoffs last year that could become wildcard teams. And then if you look at the teams, that you would need someone to fall out, right? So if you look at the AFC... You know, the Browns, they have definitely one of the most talented teams on paper. But let's just, can Baker Mayfield just become a legitimate star? Are the Steelers, like, is Big Ben just shot? That That's something to keep an eye on. I, I'm pretty confident in the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Bills. Um, you know, the Dolphins, are they just going to maintain? And in the NFC, you know, I mean, the Packers are not going to go away. Maybe the Saints do. Maybe the Saints don't make the playoffs. You know, the Bears made the playoffs as well. I mean, honestly, maybe both those two teams aren't in the playoffs. Now, if Justin Herbert, excuse me, Justin Fields is good, maybe the Bears are good. I also think there's going to be this curveball, this extra game. Like, does 10-7 and make the playoffs? 11 games made the playoffs last year in the AFC. You had to win 11 games to make the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins went 10-6 and and missed. The Raiders, who are right in the wildcard mix heading into December, missed the playoffs by three games. And in the NFC, 8-8 eight eight got in with the Bears. So I I would imagine, my guess is the AFC is better than the NFC. I think in the NFC, 10-7 and seven might get you the seventh spot. In the AFC, you probably got to go 11-6. I also wonder, like, 7-9 and nine always felt pretty bad. Does 8-9 and nine feel bad? Does 9-8 and eight feel good? 10 and 7 is going to feel pretty good. 7 and 10 is going to feel really shitty. If you go 7 and 10 and you're a coach, you might get fired. Like 7 and 10 is one of those 
those numbers that are just, I don't know, man. Uh, I'm a big fan of the show and view you as an awesome football mind. Why didn't it work out for you as a scout? And did you pursue the career beyond a scout to be to begin with? Also, if you're interested in hiring anyone to help with your show, even invest in other sports minds, I would love to talk. I'm a lifelong Cowboys fan. My grandpa has seen all five Super Bowls. My dad went to the three in the 90s. Is there anything I can look as a positive for being a Cowboys fan in the future of the franchise? Okay, starting with the Cowboys, I actually think you guys are going to be decent this year because your defense can't be as bad as it was last year. Even though Dan Quinn, as a defensive coordinator, like his defenses in, in uh, Atlanta were awful. So is he some great defense of mine? I don't know. There's just no way he could be as bad as Mike Nolan. And I think offensively, as long as Dax, I mean, again, I, I've been saying over and over, Dax injury makes me a little nervous. But if he's healthy, their offense should be dominant. Especially their pass offense should be unstoppable. And, uh, you know, just... I got fired young in the NFL. I didn't know anybody at, on other teams, really. And I wasn't going to move around. And I, I'm also open-minded. I wasn't dead set like I had to be my, the rest of my life in the NFL. I got an opportunity in the radio business, and I never looked back. And, you know, it's just I, I'm not a religious person, though I do believe in things happen for a reason. And I just think everything kind of happened for a reason. And I would never have been able to get a radio show or have the success I've had independently with these podcasts. I mean, I, I probably would have had some on this one with, with Colin, but my other one, we didn't start it from scratch. And a big reason they gave me credibility to get a, a radio show on a top five market was I had worked in the NFL. So, you know, it was like almost meant for it to happen this way. I mean, I was a pretty good scout. I'm better at this. <laughs> and fo- this is way more lucrative for me. And it's more fun for me. I, I like being in control Uh, I enjoy the business aspect of things I get to do now that I never would have got to do in the NFL because you just watch players all day long, which I mean is fun, but for me, it just wasn't for me. I know know some of my buddies that are best in the league at doing it and they're great at it and they can do that better than I can. I I just, I I would lose focus. Uh, I I was able to focus better back then. I, I would not be able to do it at my age right now. And it's not even, I'm that old. I just, I just had so many other interests. I like playing too much golf, too. Uh, I didn't play any when I worked in the NFL. I just, I play a lot now. Is Matt LaFleur soft? As I've watched Matt lead this team, there's no question he can unite a team. But you know teams adapt to the personality of their coach. The Packers seem more finesse than hard and gritty. The team gets punched in the mouth and can't seem to come back angry and pissed. Is that the coach's personality that should be considered? Punch in the mouth? I mean, they've won 26 games. As someone who questioned Matt LaFleur's hire early on, I might be wrong. They won 26 games. He's won a playoff game each of the last two years. Now, the Tampa's more physical. They were just better. He doesn't pick the players. Like, their defense is just flawed. Offensively, they were dominant, and that's his baby. Now, as a head coach, it's more than just Colin plays. He hires the coaches. So, it, he didn't choose Mike Pettin, though. That was forced on him for Murphy. Well, he fired him and he gets Joe Barry. So now we're going to see, like, that was his hand-picked defensive coordinator, Joe Barry. Because he had juice. You know why he had juice? Because he'd won a lot of games. Like, are, are they soft a little bit? Well, Reggie White ain't walking through that door. right? Leroy Butler ain't nowhere to be found. Jair, Jair Alexander's not soft. Kenny Clark's not soft. I, I Is he Bill Parcells? No. But is Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan? No. 
Was Kyle Shanahan's defensive line tough because he's some tough coach or because they had Buckner, Bosa, and Armstead? Like, does was the Rams' defense awesome because McVay's a defensive guy? No. They have fucking Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. Now, he does get credit for hiring Brandon Staley. But, like, I, I don't view any of the Shanahan offensive guys, like, they love running the ball, which to me is a physical characteristic. But are they, like, tough Bill Parcells, Harbaugh types? No. So I, I, I've come around on Matt LaFleur. My question is about scouting smaller school players. This is from Matthew. I appreciate what you said, but I just don't want to read all the compliments. Though I do, in, I do enjoy them. But you can't let them go to your head. The NFL has had many players make the big time by coming from smaller schools. Examples, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Shannon Sharp. As a scout, when you see players from smaller schools stand out, how do you determine if their dominance is due to their talents or simply a product of playing weaker competition? This is a great question. When I mentioned earlier, Ramsey's Barden, who the Giants, any Giants fan or, you know, if you follow football knows, he came from Cal Poly when I was there. He broke Jerry Rice's records when he was at Cal Poly. And Ramsey was like 6'6". He was enormous, unstoppable. Well, obviously in Division I AA, there wasn't a corner in the conference who could hang with him. Like he just destroyed people. If you would have put him in the SEC, he would not have been as good. Because once he got to the NFL, he couldn't get open. So it is very, very hard to determine when you're watching Trey Lance. You can see the physical attributes, but he's ultimately doing it against guys that are not going to play in the NFL. Now, just because you play in the SEC... If I'm a pass rusher or I'm a wide receiver, every game I go up against a guy that might not be an NFL player. But four or five times a year, I'm going up against a first, a second, a third round pick. So I can watch that game and see how he plays against an individual that's also going to play in the league. One thing Belichick has done, I think he's talked about it, but it's just well known in the league. He watches the previous year's tape. So if you come out as a senior, he'll watch you as a junior. Because the guys you played when you were a junior have been in the league. So he goes, well, you were beating this. If you're a defensive tackle, you were kicking this guy's ass. He's a starting guard for the Packers. Right? You you beat this team's butt. This center starts for the Bills. We drafted this left guard. So I can put two and two together. It's really hard to do that in smaller level programs. What you have to do is siphon out the physical attributes. Is he fast enough? Is he strong enough? Does he have... The speed, if he's a quarterback, does he have the arm strength? If he's a linebacker, does he have the play speed, the tackling ability? Whatever it may be for the individual position. But it's difficult. It is a projection. It is an educated guessing game. And then you also just project him to other players in which he plays like. But yeah, it's it's much easier to feel confident about your evaluation on a guy from Oregon, on a guy from Ohio State, on a guy from Texas, right? Than it is from Weber State. Now, just because you're playing at Weber State or McNeese State or insert whatever small program does not mean you shouldn't be drafted in the top 100 picks. Does not mean that once you get to an NFL training camp, you can start. It's just easier for a general manager to convince his coaches and his owner that the guy from a bigger school you should pick. Because like you you listed some guys, is it fair to say all three of those guys are outliers? I mean, Jerry Rice is the greatest quarter or wide receiver of all time. Terrell Owens, probably third behind Randy Moss, or may, hell, maybe second. And Shannon Sharp is a Hall of Fame tight end, one of the greatest pass-catching players in league history. So I would, 
you can't use the true outliers, right? When talking about quarterbacks, we can't compare everyone to Mahomes. We just, you need to compare people like Kirk Cousins, right? To Jimmy Garoppolo, just to like middle of the road guys. When I, I think too often in meetings, I was never great at this and I'm not good at this. Some of my friends in the league are really good at this, doing player comps. I think too often with player comps, unless you're like Khalil, a guy going in the top five, if you're like a second or third round pick, I should not be comparing you to Hall of Famers. I should be comparing you to starters. Hall of Famers are the 1% of the 1%. And it's just a natural reaction, right? This guy's going to be like that guy. Well, it's way better to be like, you know, this is a, Jerry Judy's like Marvin Harrison. You know what? Jerry Judy might just be like, uh, I, I'm just trying to think of a random player. The problem is you don't ever talk about random players, right? You would never be like, you know, Amari Cooper, he's going to be like, uh, he's going to be like Brandon Lloyd. You'd be like, uh, I'm out, right? You'd be like, Amari Cooper, he's the next, you'd say Marvin Harrison, right? You just use that for, for route runners, big contest catch guys. You wouldn't be like, you know, CeeDee Lamb, he's the next Michael Crabtree. You'd be like, ah, do I want to take him in the first round? But if I go, hey, CeeDee Lamb's the next DeAndre Hopkins, you perk up. You go, damn, you know, Keenan Allen reminds me of? And you say a pro bowler, you're like, damn, I want that guy. If you say some random guy, you're like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I see it. Like if I tell you some wide receiver next year is coming out and I compare him to Sammy Watkins, it would hit a little bit different than if I compared him to Devontae Adams. You'd be like, damn, I want the next Devontae Adams. I mean, who do we... Trey Lance, he's the next... He's got a little bit of Mahomes and a little bit of Josh Allen. Well, what if he's just like Dak Prescott with a better arm? That's pretty good. But if you said that, you'd be like, ah, I don't know. The irony is Dak Prescott makes $40 million a year. We always, you know, like, it's like math. You always round up with player comps. You always get like... You'd rather compare him to Reggie White than some random defensive end. But we all know the, the reality is more than likely there's only been one Reggie White. After listening to the last episode, what do you think about college football introducing relegation where the bottom three teams of the conferences, SEC, ACC, ETC, uh, play the top three teams of another conference for a chance to move up into those conferences? The problem is the schools would never agree. Because if I'm in the SEC, let's say I'm, a, I'm Vanderbilt, who has an excellent baseball program, but football pays the bills, and my football team sucks. I profit off being in the conference, right? I make my 50, 70, 80, whatever the money is going to end up going to from just playing in the SEC, even if I win three or four games and get my ass kicked. That money floats my athletic program. Why would I ever vote to get relegated, right? If I was Tennessee, who has been very, very up and down and more often than not down, I would never, ever risk it. If it, Bama wouldn't care. LSU wouldn't care. But the lower Kentuckys, what if they have a couple bad seasons? All of a sudden, they're playing to like keep their spot? The, too much money. Too lucrative. The, the money's gotten so big, the key is you want to get into the country club that they can't kick you out. Once you're in the club, you're in. That's why Texas and Oklahoma wanted in the club. Obviously, Oklahoma brings a powerhouse football program. Texas brings a lot of eyeballs. But they just know they're in. You know, it's it's a big deal for no different than when the Big 12 was going. Like Kansas State just being in the Big 12 is a big deal. The Pac-12, like Oregon State being a part of the conference, a big deal for them. They don't want to have to fight for their spot every year. And that's just not the way it works. 
You know, and that's just the reality of the way pro sports and college sports now work. Once you're in the conference, unless the conference gets disbanded or top teams leave, you're kind of grandfathered in. You're set. Now, I think we're going to see a lot of change, right? And uh, who knows? It's only going to grow. So these conferences are not going to shrink. They're only going to try to add teams. Fascinating the way it plays out. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a great week. Uh, Have a great, great week. And I will see you guys Friday. Adios. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.